When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now, go. Geek Pigs, episode five, with me, formerly scared to say my own name at the top of the podcast, Ivo Graham. And me, always determined to plug myself as much as possible, Alex Keeley. No, no, don't reappraise your consummate professionalism as desperate self-pluggery. It can uh, be both. It can be both. There's a hefty overlap, and you've just done your Soho shows, but the show is still on tour. The show's still on tour. I tour this all the time, brackets, five oh, more tour dates. Fantastic. And we're straight in. I love that, by the way. <laughs> Self-esteem, who Alex and I and this week's guest, Lou Sanders, saw but a couple of weeks ago at the Eventim Apollo. Quite a regular oh, horn oh. for the pigs. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say our, our primary style of I, choice. I think my Google Maps roundup of the year is going to have quite a number of Eventim Apollo appearances. Still don't really know what Eventim is, but that's a fun shot for another day. Um, <laughs> it's so kind of them to sponsor without really communicating quite what it is they do. It must be quite high on my proportion of sponsors I see without... I mean, I think that's partly because you do just assume it's something to do with ticketing, but it might not be. Fun side game, which football team would you say has the most prominent sponsor that you still basically have no idea what it does i think unfortunately and i'm sorry to get so bloody bleak early doors (laughs) but i think that would be a very fun and interesting game prior to the sort of betting website i think like something like 13 of the 20 premier league teams are sponsored by betting sites many of which i think operate quite sort of murkily online or in the far east i think it's betting websites or unicef those are the two types of sponsors for football teams (laughs) It's amazing how much now, like, despite obviously not having been a drinker when it was a thing and still knowing that ultimately booze isn't like a hugely noble sponsor, but if I'll drink at Cause Light at Edinburgh, <laughs> as well as congratulating myself on having such a weak lager, I'll also think, ah, oh, just like Chelsea's old sponsors back in the simpler times when I didn't even know what it was and I thought it said Cooks. Um, so... <laughs> So I was saying Cook's lager. That's Cook's. really that sounds like an ingredient where it's like a store cupboard necessity. It is, and we're wandering. Self-esteem. <laughs> that's and that's that's not me shutting you. Well, it is me shutting you down, but sometimes you've just got to flag how you don't have anything else in the literal store cupboard. Uh, so self-esteem, and our chronology is jumping. This is episode five of Gig Picks. We're having the loveliest time, and as referred to previously, we've got some gigs in the bank, many of them at the Eventum Apollo. But this one, we've shoved forward because it's so exciting that we went, we recorded immediately afterwards, which we'll come back to, and we had such a great time doing it. It was such a good gig, although pretty much all of the gigs we've been to so far have been great. We've been very lucky. And the tour, self-esteem, we've referred to it in the episode as being a sort of an ongoing victory lap of a tour. 
and the tour is called I Tour This All The Time. And I think that's great. It's great, isn't it? The song's called I Do This All The Time. It had a big tour. It's now doing an even bigger tour, which is just now finished. And I love a title, both cleverly referencing one of her best-known songs, possibly, arguably her breakthrough song, and a sort of slight eye roll, though still grateful. Look at her Instagram if you want to see some gratitude. But it's still <laughs> like an eye roll of like, here we are still on tour. Uh, you know, as someone who's just announced a new tour, I would love to have a tour title that both says... I'm still on tour, and yeah, I'm still on tour. <laughs> That's the advantage that musicians have, though. They've always got a song in their fans' mind that they yeah. can do riffs on. I don't think comedians have particular jokes that's very easy to do, a almost self-deprecating, like, here I am again, sort of tour title. I guess so. That being said, I do... I think we reference this on this episode, but <laughs> my previous tour, which is still on tour, I, I tour that all the time. Uh, uh, <laughs> my future, my clutter, a full reference, nothing to do with the show, really. The poster is me with the yogurt and banana because of my humiliation over those items on the Off Menu podcast. So that kind of is me being like, sure, sure. Uh, you laughed at this once, perhaps you could laugh at it again. <laughs> and then, of course, you've got people like Mickey Flanagan doing the Out Out tour. Great. I don't know if I said it on the podcast, but I do like your use of the banana and yogurt, that it's like a sort of 16th century nobleman's iconography <laughs> in there. Like they're holding like a skull, which means awareness of death. And then there's like an easel, which means like patronage of the arts. And you just got like a banana and a yogurt from which that means, mad pudding. I'm a, trash, I'm a trash man with a trash family, um, which was also suggested as a title for the show. Like, can I call my show Trash Man with a Trash Family? <laughs> Off the cover, like, well, we don't know what that means. And we're going to we're the sort of first port of call for this kind of thing. We love to know what your tour titles mean, yeah, I know. Yeah. Could you go with that sort of oblique reference to a late era fall album? <laughs> we'd, we'd actively prefer that. <laughs> so we have Lou Sarnas on this episode. You all know Lou. She's got a couple of podcasts herself. She's got the Taskmaster People's podcast. Yes. And she has Cuddle Club. You should go and listen to both of those podcasts. That, I, I think that's, uh, that's eminently feasible as a name. Taskmaster, the People's Podcast, a lovely sort of glimpse further into the inner workings of Taskmaster. And Cuddle Club, some lovely themes, but also you can just do that thing that you have with a lot of podcasts where you just find a guest you like. <laughs> jump in on that. She's so fantastic. Fantastic stand-up and television comedian. She's co-host of Unforgivable with Mel Gittroyk on Dave. But never mind all that. She's also a consumer of music and someone who, as we also cover in the podcast, and we mustn't just do too much of the podcast again here, we detail in almost excruciating length via sort of me reading out the texts, how it came to be that we went very much on a mutual interest to see artist of the moment, self, I tour this all the time, esteem, <laughs> aka Rebecca Lucy Taylor, who's actually also been on Taskmaster, the New Year's treat, I believe it's called. And said, did you see this? That of all the things that has happened to her in the last couple of years as a consequence of her fantastic album and general success, the best thing was getting to do Taskmaster. Great. It's good, finally, when musicians and comedians align in their, t in their, in their takes. I think ask any comedian that's been on Taskmaster, that's usually what they say. Yeah, yeah. You? You're about to make yes, your debut. I, I, this it, is, you it know, feels like I've volunteered. Any sort of hungry gig pigs that get this in the morning, you've got about eight hours until, uh, <laughs> until Ivo arrives on the Taskmaster scene. If only because you've been so mathematically specific, I've got to say that that maths is out. It's, 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 All right, they're not it's ravenous. They're not ravenous pigs. Well, they're, they're listening mid-morning, 11. 11. No, still, why would you just give up? It's on at 9 p.m. It's on at 9 p.m. So if you've got eight hours till I get into the Taskmaster universe, it's not the morning anymore. I'm sorry. It's, 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 it's miserable peasantry, but only because I'm so frequently 
awed by your attention to detail, breadth of knowledge, and also the fact that you are a mathematician. I'm a moderate level mathematician. Well, and also, you're so much more across than me, alongside as frequently referenced, much of the sort of technical business of the podcast. Like, you know when it's come out, you often... Um, we've discussed that perhaps I could get some of the passwords and do some of this myself, <laughs> but you'll like often text me like... The stats. We've, I think we I'm, moved quite quickly there from is across things to is a megalomaniac controlling. No, no. Well, I realise I'm not throwing you under the bus of megalomania. <laughs> I'm throwing myself under the bus of what's a sort of addiction to having no power at all. Sure, um, powerlessness, affilia. I don't know. He had a go at it though. You can't say he didn't have a go at it. <laughs> so what I mean is, and I'm sorry, I am astonished that a knowledge man, a maths man. And <laughs> someone who knows how the podcast is going from when it comes out in the morning, which sure. is something you know about and I don't know. Let's, would have call, got it, that let's call it 13 hours from Hungry Thank Gig you. Pigging Computer. That's almost exactly right. Hungry Gig Pigging Computer. Obviously, if you do commute earlier than eight o'clock, we really respect that. We just can't identify with it. And presumably it's also available on Channel 4 Plus One, so you could add an extra hour to that as well. And then four on demand. Get ready to see a lot of that surfer. <laughs> Not surfer. The guy swimming in the snow. <laughs> I was very lucky to do... You know what I'm talking about. You, you met him skiing, is that what oh, you're saying? Uh, what, <laughs> no, I was looking for him constantly. And it shouldn't be hard to see. If I may say, lovely connection, Cause Light. Sponsors original company yes. on four. Bum, 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 And I went to... Light. Cooks Light. Keep cooking, keep laughing. I went... I did a gig at a ski festival in January, and I, based on a running joke about the Cooks Light swimming man, I, embarrassed to say, I took a swimming cap. I bought a swimming cap online and wore Speedos under my ski suit so that if there was an opportune moment, I could strip off and recreate... The, the cook's light the swimmer for content what a physically uncomfortable oh, commitment yeah. to the bit I, yeah. did you commit to that no bit I didn't commit to the bit no no you'd know about it if I committed to the bit <laughs> instead me and my friend Harry we at one point on the only moment and this is classic me there was a moment when we were waiting for someone at the bottom of a chairlift and we had about 15 minutes and in what was fundamentally quite cold and it's good that it's cold it's good for the snow but cold jan skiing a little kiss of sunlight had fallen over us and we took off our jackets because we were a bit hot and I thought to myself it was only day one of a three-day sort of ski working holiday but I thought uh, I'm not doing it now and it feels like this is the best chance I'm going to get to do it and I knew that at the time and if ever in life here's a little motto from Captain Sad if ever you feel like you're missing a moment live if you're thinking that definitely do the thing then because the moment didn't come up again and it's like a pool itself the more you hesitate the less likely you are to jump in you've got to jump in at the first it's like a pool jump itself. into the snow at the first possible opportunity and I would have just been so intrigued to see just how cold it was how much inconvenience although then there were a few people looking who would have been a bit baffled but if they knew about the cook's lights, they'd get it. <laughs> and Harry and I, we just posed in that moment for just a nice photograph. He was my date on the trip. We had such a wonderful time together. It's Harry who came to Kendra Lamar with us. And it's a lovely photo of the two of us, a lovely chronicle of our time together. I spent a lot of time thinking about the Instagram caption and it eventually went for a Tyler the Creator album title, which he was a big fan of. And the photo did, sorry to even know these things, but it did terribly on Instagram. <laughs> average expected likes for a picturesque photo, but you realise people don't care about picturesque if it's not funny or they can't see your face close up. <laughs> I saw those likes crawl in and I was like, <laughs> imagine how much Kirk's lie to be getting. 
So, uh, so you were checking your phone, despite what self-esteem would. would <laughs> yeah, but I didn't do a long paragraph caption. Okay, stop, fine. Stop, good, stop good. doing those long paragraph captions. <laughs> is, is is something I do think sometimes when I'm trying to do one of those really cool short Instagram captions. <laughs> Man, I'm quite embarrassed listening back to this episode with self-esteem. That despite I do this all the time, this song that inspired the title, I tour this all the time, being just practically a book of quotations and self-help mottos for the millennial generation, which I have clung to over the last couple of years, that I still kind of butcher a couple of the lyrics when describing it. So apologies to Self-Esteem and their fans for that. But in general, Alex, what a great time we had with Lou on this podcast. It was so great. I think you're going to have an absolutely lovely listen. Should we say as well, uh, try to introduce the guest, uh, Lou Sanders, fantastic comedian and TV panellist and podcaster, and self-esteem, aka Rebecca Lucy Taylor, although she has a fantastic band, but formerly of the two-person slow club, which we both, I suppose, sake of honesty, as, as there's a lot of other people, I'm sure, fans are to remove of, you know, mm. on, on the playlists of that sort of thing. <laughs> and then in the last few years has been performing self-esteem and has gone super massive, has gone Taskmaster New Year's Treat uh, with, uh, with the second album, Prioritized Pleasure. Such a great album, such a great gig. And as we discuss at the very beginning of the podcast, such a fun experience to go home and pod straight after the gig, <laughs> which I, who knows whether that'll become a precedent. In many ways, it probably shouldn't. The casual manic energy of it is absolutely something we need to harness. In fact, we had so much fun that undeniable self-indulgence has crept into our game and it was always going to by episode five we've recorded with all of our guests for longer than we broadcast and had lots of chats some of which have hit the cutting room floor but we decided that we would put this out as a two-parter we wanted to keep as much of that post-gig energy in it as possible we hope and believe you'll enjoy it and i dare say we'll learn something about stats from uh, how many people <laughs> creep over to ep2 don't be part of the chaff. Wheat through to part two of this episode, please. <laughs> I love that if it's not good enough to listen to the second episode, we're not the chaff. No, no. They're the chaff. They're the chaff. You're up, the chaff. Up your listening game. <laughs> so, wheat it up nicely and enjoy the wonderful Lou Sanders talking about the wonderful self-esteem in the first of two parts. This is history for us within the small gig pigs universe where by this point quite a few episodes would have been broadcast, but this is the first one we've recorded straight after the gig. Lou Sanders. Wonderful. Thanks for it taking us to self-esteem, and then thanks for suggesting. We didn't even suggest it to you. Get it done. Get it done. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is what, exactly, this is what, is no, it like, is it a vote of confidence? <laughs> is this euphoria or admin? Get it out of the way. <laughs> admin, it's successful. Admin is euphoria. And sure, I said sure. doesn't really know that taste very often. I was a gig pig once. Do you remember XFM? They had a gig pig years ago. And oh, you got... This is devastating. <laughs> no. <laughs> Excuse me? No, no. As no, in, no. Was it called the gig pig? Well, oh God, oh God, is this bad? No, but everything's everything. No new gig pigs under the sun. No, but it wasn't like a section. It's like you got to be the gig pig and oh. for a week you'd go to gigs. Oh no, this is history. It's the end of the podcast. It's history. Which I think has been another Star War. But this was... <laughs> it was so long ago. Uh... XFM, I thought, it's, not, uh, it's not shillings and pence. <laughs> we've been waiting on the lawsuit from trusty hogs. But <laughs> I don't care. It's XFM featured uh, the same title. I thought you'd find that a jolly little thing to unite with. I think with. I'm, I'm finding that jolly. jolly. 
forever teetering on panic. Oh, God, I thought that was going to be a fun bit of... Oh, no, that's a bit of fun. And it shows you to be the calculating operator you are beneath (laughs) that jolly facade. Because you like, I've got a bit of, even if you think we'll find it funny, potentially devastating news. Yeah, strange. We've been hanging out all evening. evening I genuinely told you, thinking, oh, you'll love this. Luckily, I've typed in GigFigs XFM. Sorry not to even let the moment breathe for a moment. And it doesn't come up. No. If anything, it links to a Reddit thread about underrated XFM moments on the Ricky Gervais show, where Ricky Gervais apparently did a bit called Come Pig. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and um, that's, our, that's, that's our the Patreon. That's the Patreon. <laughs> this is even worse. It looks like I'm making it up. Oh, no, I do apologise. XFM is, it's got dozens of listener-driven features, such as Gig Pig. But come on, there's not a title on this earth that's not been done. It, it is hard. It's it not a hard. title on this is earth. This, is this you really coming for us for shame, Pig? Your, 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 yeah, your, yeah. Your but even shame, it's like John had talked about shame on the radio. He thinks I copied, you know, Tom Allen then brought up a book about shame. Shame does not owned by anybody. I love it. Uh, yeah, well, I think it betrays my own personal bias to think of John as the king of shame because I was listening to their XFM, Radio X show, where he talked about the shame well all the time. Mm. But I also loved Shame Pig by Lou Sanders. 2018? I think so. Yeah. You got a head for dates, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the last Edinburgh show I watched with my ex. Um, so <laughs> I'm looking at X of women. It was so moving that they had to split up. Mind <laughs> that explanation, actually. So anyway, this is the first time we've ever Incredible. done a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Straight after the gig and what a unique energy it provides. Oh, yeah. But it must be said that unique energy is not just us doing a podcast at... Oh, I don't even want to say. It's the stroke of midnight. It's gig pigs after dark. Um, it's 93 minutes since self-esteem walked off stage. But that's it. The real adrenaline, certainly for me, is the fact that we watched a gig that, and I think the five stars is devalued by certain publications, certainly in the fringe. But it was a five-star gig. <laughs> it was oh, a five-star yeah. gig. It was a five-star gig. Our friend with whom we watched it, Coco, she came out of the venue and she did this thing with her hands where she just flicked each finger forward and then held up her sort of full hand and went five stars. <laughs> I thought uh, it's actually a very difficult gesture to convey, but I think you can work it out if you're listening to it. Just do it with your own hand. Just, and yeah. I thought, I can't wait to come out of more things and just do that. Sometimes yeah. not even with five stars. Sure. Four <laughs> really? stars. Or just, yeah, two fingers. <laughs> Save some time. And we watched it with Kate Edmonds and we watched it with Twinkie. Twinks. Twigs. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A, a lovely supporting cast who... We teetered on, I'm afraid I did use at one point the expression podcast afters, mm. which was the idea that we'd all come back. And if it was just Kate, <laughs> that'd be perfect. We have four of us and we chat. I think with two more, you're going, are we all huddled around these microphones? Yeah, yeah. Um, podcast afters. <laughs> so Kate, she heard podcast afters and she ran for the she, train. Sure, she sure. <laughs> and I think if I think if all three of them had come back, I think one friend can like politely enjoy and sort of like have a bit of food in there. But I think if it was the three of them, then it would have been the sort of bleakest first ever live. But Kate could have, you know, Kate could have come in, director's commentary. She's in the biz. Yeah. You know, she could have come in and said, I would have produced it this way. Absolutely. Costume change was <laughs> I'd have not long, copied this you know. XFM format. Yeah. Like, <laughs> those little, little things like that. Oh, hang on. You're talking about producing the podcast. Oh, no, no. Show. God, no. I wouldn't be so rude after the gig thing, no. <laughs> Self-esteem <laughs> show. You know, but if she wanted to tell you to have a costume change as well, yeah, so be yeah, it. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I, I, I'm embarrassed to say I thought projecting as a live performer to watching a live performer, a complete different kind of live performer in a different league, but I still watched it and I was like, 
costume change of some sort, maybe. Yeah, in the <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is, yeah, yeah. It is exciting when someone goes off. Maybe just in the second half, yeah. different outfit. The new, the new forty-minute lull is <laughs> yeah. instead of tears. It's just like I come on in like a devil suit. Girlies, you're not going to be wearing that for the whole show, are you? <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, I suppose it is worth having mentioned Twinks, a friend of our friend Coco's. We didn't expect to bump into either of them at the Distillers before the gig, one of the best pubs in the Hammersmith Apollo orbit. Although music was a bit loud, if they're listening. You were loving it, though. Alex has got a lovely long-running theory, explored already a couple of times in this podcast, that pubs near big music venues play music that people in there will enjoy. And we were listening to 90s pop that, if not you, then certainly Kate and Coco were singing along to as we left. We worked out it was a sort of of turn-of-the-millennium pop banger that I think self-esteem fans would... Have enjoyed and presumably, you they know, were enjoying it. We could see it happening. It but, I, but my point would be that it's Morrissey's playing this weekend there at the House with the Pole, mm. not the Distillers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Distillers will be taking their meat off the menu on Sunday. Yeah, exactly. Taking your meat off the menu is quite a good phrase, though, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Getting into a relationship. It kind of works with a lot of different stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is she still single? No, she's taking a meat off the menu. <laughs> I think that could be like a euphoric self-esteem song. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, with this gig, and I really like the fact that this is balancing it out because we've organised or suggested a lot of the gigs we've been to to people. But this was a Sanders choice. Well, actually, no, you offered me a shortlist, I think. I offered you a shortlist. Yeah, you <laughs> it's a clinical process. <laughs> you said you want to see this one, this one, or this one. That's three. That's very That's a shortlist. Can I yeah. go back and look what my... Uh... I took credit for it when everyone was saying how good it was. And then I realised, actually, it wasn't my idea. And also what a lovely mixed priority. Like, you wanted to look good in front of the three people who are beaming about outside the Apollo. But on the hopefully broadcast <laughs> podcast, you'll stand down. No, it was in Sarah's shop. I said, this is a good idea, getting crisps. And then I said, it's another good idea of mine. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, <laughs> I realised on the walk, I'm, oh, crisps, yes. Yeah. Not the gig. <laughs> and actually, I'm off Chris at the moment, so it's naught good ideas from two. Naught. Naught. On that, on that subject, there was a moment about two days ago with Ivo, who's now off Chris. Mm. But just we just for a bit. Just we for a bit. Just for Q1. It's the main characteristic. Runs marathons, off crisps. <laughs> but and that is the main combination. Hit that finish line, I'll be straight into a big pile of Monster Munch. Well, it's like you'll eat the Monster Munch and then you will get into the Monster Munch because of its reflective qualities that people do after oh, marathons. Oh, I can't the, wait to do that. that you'll cool if, down. Any, if anyone wants to stitch me a Monster Munch, <laughs> cape i would absolutely love that i can just lick myself anyway but but basically after we'd we'd recorded a couple of podcasts in plosive studios and we'd finished ivo said to me he just like looked me very directly and said would you say mini cheddars are a crisp and i just went yeah yeah i think they're a crisp and then i just sort of got on with whatever i think i was like setting up a zoom for an edit then the conversation was just really nothing happened and then only a day later i was like Oh yes, he's not doing crisps anymore, and me, and me arbitrarily I consigning see, mini yes. cheddars oh, to no. crisps, not biscuits, meant he couldn't have one. I was basically asking for permission to yeah. eat mini cheddars, and then I looked sad. You just thought that I just yeah. looked, got sad for no reason. It like oh. asked you a boring trivia question, and I got sad. Literally, my thought with that moment was, well, it can't always be electric, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it can't always be electric but if you do find it to be electric do please leave us a review I thought he was in the place of studios just talking about that perchance he could get on off menu <laughs> <laughs> I went on that not to talk about other podcasts apart from Mind Cuddle Club which is ironic anyway I know the title's and gross. the Taskmaster podcast 
Oh, Taskmaster People's podcast. Yeah, the first one. But when I was on Off Menu, I talked about this broccoli souffle that I wanted. And everyone said it doesn't exist. It was just in my mind. And I was like, well, if it's Dream Cafe, you can have whatever you want. Anyway, well, when- so you, had, you had about like 15 items. And you're like, your whole thing was tapas. Yeah, tapas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which, which, is, which is a meal, of course. But yeah. it's certainly but it's tapas, global tapas. Yeah. But then when I went to, it begins with B. Barcelona. Good game. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's you go. You know how some people go to the airport and they've packed a bag, but they don't know where they're going. But instead of what's the first flight, you're like, give me a B. Just any B. (laughs) I went to B. um, uh, A broccoli land. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) But I went to a a gorgeous little tapas place there and they had broccoli souffle. And it was the best thing ever. My friend I was with couldn't believe it. Do you take a photo of it and text it to the boys? No, I just put it on my Instagram story and said, if you know, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, let's get back to our podcast here. Well, your podcast. Lou, obviously it's nice to paint a bit of a portrait of the guest. We'll have done a little bit of it in the intro as well. But to be honest, Lou, despite having felt like we've been pretty good friends on the comedy circuit for many years, I'd be embarrassed to say that probably to more an extent than most of the people we've had on the podcast so far, if you'd said to me, what's Lou Sanders' music taste? I don't think I'd have been able to say. Or middle name. Or middle name. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I don't think I could And are you going to reveal, is that like a sort of Superman villain thing that if we know that about you, you lose your sort of powers or like a Samson mm, thing? Could like, be. <laughs> no. Um, what are my music tastes? Well, well I, can tell you. I know, I know. Is there a more mansplaining thing than Lou saying, what are my music tastes? And me going, well, I can tell you. But <laughs> what, what I mean, Lou, is I'm looking at the text where you sum up your music tastes. Oh, and it's did, really I say, lovely. did I say? But I also have very fond memories of you for some of your previews playing a lot of the Naked and Famous, who I really enjoy. And do you have oh, a big yeah, connection to them? Oh, yeah, but I go through phases and I never know song titles of what I'm listening to. These days, it's all on any streaming device. But I know I used to like. I'll take you through a positive history, shall I? I used to like Soundgarden, but I don't think I actually really like Soundgarden. I think I just thought I should because I like Pearl Jam. Everyone liked Nirvana. And I did like Nirvana, but I really like Pearl Jam. I still like Pearl Jam, but it's hard to know if you do really like them or they just typify a time in your life that was very strong. So you're you're pulled into the emotion. But then I like rock, like embarrassing rock, like the strokes still. I still like the strokes. But then you don't listen That's to... Not, is that embarrassing? <clears throat> I don't think it's embarrassing. It just comes with a few more caveats than it used to. Oh, I love uh, the vaccines. Are they the vaccines or vaccines? Vaccines. They're just the, vaccines. The vaccines. Oh, when I saw them, I couldn't believe it. But I wasn't a fan before I saw them once at a festival. And then I saw them and I couldn't believe how good they were. I remember being very roused by them at the festival undeniably also here's a joyless little quiz for me to devise for a future episode i'll give you 10 bands from the noughties and um, half of them will have a the and half yeah. of them won't mm, that's fun and i reckon i know the one that would most often yeah, yeah. get people idols doesn't have it idols yeah doesn't. that's a good one but i think the definitive i think, I think the definitive one is, one is saddest three, thing two, that one. i've ever editors, seen yeah, it's, it's oh, editors yeah 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 that is the most third band that doesn't have a the. But do you do do you like <laughs> listen to an album for so long and then forget about it for years and then like how can you identify with bands you like because like Vampire Weekend listen so much to them and then not listen to them for like ages. We had a nice car journey to Ludlow listening to their 2019 yeah. album Father of the Bride. But then you get bored of it like. Lizzo's first album, listened to it so many times, then I was bored of it. I don't tend to run things into the ground that much. They just become mm. 
basically if something's becoming the past for me that's usually a pretty good sign that i'm going to obsess over it forever <laughs> uh, and it's been interesting having spent a lot of this project where we do go to gigs a lot but we've definitely gone to more gigs than we used to because of being in the xfm derivative gig picks <laughs> where according to the article i just looked up phone forever in hand they went to five in a week but it's funny that that's the sort of xfm punchline like we're going to send you to five in a week but we did four last week yeah, yeah we've nearly yeah, voluntarily yeah. taken on that workload and what it's meant is you're always just being like oh we're going to this gig tomorrow i've barely even started revising or like yeah and then you're at a gig like even tonight where i've listened to a lot of self-esteem over the last couple of years a lot of choruses from me but not a lot of verses and oh, me thinking God. like when am i going to be like really hot on an artist you you've got to let yourself off the hook a bit i, I live on the hook so <laughs> the ones where i and the only ones we've been to for the project i would say have been franz ferdinand and phoenix where i was singing along to songs where I owned the album when I was like 14 for Franz or 19 for Phoenix. And I listened to it over and over again on a CD, certainly for Franz, a CD player for like mm. six months. And that's locked in for life. Wow. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You can't have breadth and depth. It's not possible. I will. I'll find a way. I'll just stay up later. There's not enough I'll just time. Stay, I'll just stay up later. I'll find the perfect amount of sleep that can keep, keep me why? sane. Like, who, who's that for? Like to know all the words to all the songs. Who's it for? I think it's cooler not to know the words because you're busy. That If it takes you six months to learn, you could write a script in that time. I think the better way of conceptualising what you're talking about, Ivo, than your self-hatred there <laughs> is instead of it being like, oh no, I've set myself an exam every week that I'm never going to get an A on. Think, oh great, I've set myself an exam every week that I would have got an F on. I'm now getting a B Ooh. or a C oh, every time. Like I, yeah. like I, okay. I, um, I'm not going to Oxford, but you know. <laughs> Bristol. I don't think you go to Bristol either, to be fair, with the with with V. Well, I don't know. I don't know about these universities. Leeds? Sheffield? Surely. I can't play this absolutely obnoxious I think, game Yeah, I think, I think we're not equipped for this. Riff. I went to one of the bottom universities in London. Ask me anything. <laughs> it's always fun to have in podcast game formats. No, but... I listen. I can listen to a song, and this is a bit of a superpower, and I'm not bragging, but I can listen to a song about 6,000 times and I still won't know the words. Mm. <laughs> like, it's unbelievable. Me and Brett were in the car the other day, and he was doing the boys' part, and I was doing the girls' part to songs. And he knew every word to every song. And then he's like, time for the girls' part. And I was like, oh, dear. <laughs> and the only one that I knew was Islands in the Stream, because every chorus, it's the same. <laughs> it's only four lines. Well, that's always good news. This is the thing. I Obviously, I do mainly target my frustrations at myself, but I am only semi-ironically quite a weirdly aggressive policeman. I mean, for example, to Alex, you, you came. Oh man, yeah, you I, came into I, the distillers and I, you said, "I hope she plays this song." I've I've been listening to it obsessively, so I listened to it four times in a row in the car, and I said, "Oh, which one?" And you couldn't remember, and that's so legit. But I'm afraid I was like a dog with a bone. I mean, if you're talking about pulling people up, there was also a moment where I was extremely moved by one of the songs at the gig. But I did that thing where you f fuck up the rhythm when you're in oh, the audience, okay. and I sort of did a. I went one repetition of a chorus further than the song yeah. is, and yeah. I was sort of you know, pretty much the only one yeah. doing the big belt out immediate, immediate <laughs> like, <laughs> and it was really it was Ivo didn't I let do me this all the time. It was that one. Oh, and you were you were a bar early and I, I'm afraid I thought, am I gonna turn around? Yeah. Like a face? Yeah. 
I was really affected by it. I was really, really moved by the performance. And I think it really got me out of rhythm. And I just went in a bar. Went in a couple of bars early. And but it was, my best I mean, friend didn't let me. Um, well, I'm, I'm pleased think, to still be getting that you, title. When do you think what Savile did? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we can't sort of hold ourselves sure, up sure. by too high a bar, really. And you're referring to, is that some sort of DJ? I thought that, I thought it was... You know, the... <laughs> no. The, I thought it was from the, his Top of the Pops hosting that there was some no, slip no, where he went no. in a bar early. No, it's the necrophilia and the general abuse. Sure, sure. You know, sure. we can't beat ourselves up too much for coming in early. We should probably ask you one of the sort of two or three actually quite clear format points we have in the podcast. Okay. Well, first of all, here's a shameless question for you. This is me to Luke Sanders. Do you like your music gigs? And if so, would you come to one with me and Alex Keeley sometime and then clang, do a podcast about it? I'd love to see like all the text messages that all particularly comics send other comics about going on their podcast and seeing what like templates there are for the sort of awkwardness of just doing it. Because I'd say that's like as close as it gets to my, and obviously I was excited to text you and to have you at a podcast, but like that's as close as I get to like the definitive text for which you come <laughs> on my podcast. Sounds good to me, Sasu Sanders. Pleasure to be asked. I'll say that on record. Pleasure to be asked. <laughs> well, you, we, we, Some of them you dread, of course. <laughs> Some of them you dread. Um, any preferred genres? I ask Lou Sanders. We've got some lovely indie pop coming up. Mm. And Lou says, I like indie pop. Also, Remy Wolf, Joy Crooks, self-esteem kind of thing. Oh. Which it's fantastic to reply. We'll go to self-esteem on Friday, March 17th. Well, so was it my idea? It's a shared, I think it's a, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's back yours. to mine. <laughs> <laughs> shared idea. Back to my idea. <laughs> Lou Sanders. Hiya. How many gigs have you gone to in the last 12 months? Right. I think it's Approx. three or four. Three or four? Well, actually, one you can't include because it was self-esteem, but they only did four songs. So I don't think you can include that. Idols, Yes. Oh, I went to Half Biscuit, Half Man with John and Ellis. Great. A lot of older men who look like they've never seen a woman before. Yeah. <laughs> was I scared for my tuppence? <laughs> yeah, slightly I was. Yeah. Yeah, slightly I was. Did it make, and I think they are cool, they're two of my comic heroes, but did it make Ellis and John look quite young and trendy? Yeah, it did actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really did. Is it, oh, a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't know their music that much, but I had a few lessons of the album and it was really fun. They're a funny band. Great. How are Idols? Oh yeah, really good. Yeah. Where was that? Was that in London? That was a festival that I went to go and do a gig at, but then I came early to watch them. And they let us watch by the wings. Really fun. What was the level of tuppence anxiety at uh, Idol? Zero, because it was just me and my boyfriend at the time. <laughs> and whoever else was in the wings, a pretty girl. And that yeah. was it. <laughs> <laughs> on the loosely related topic of being in the wings, slash being in the pit, slash being in the crowd, and being a mostly tall gang tonight with the rather shorter twinks, who was enjoying the gig a lot whilst claiming that she couldn't see a lot of it. Yes. I suggested... Would it be possible? And actually, when we went to, I think, Wembley Arena, they basically had aisles down the side, which you weren't allowed to stand in. So it meant that you could just walk all the way up to the front. You'd be on the very far side of the gig. Yeah. You could just walk all the way up to the front. And I thought, that is smooth. Yeah. It allowed for, I mean, the queue was near three hours long, so I don't feel guilty about saying we went to the loo, we got a drink, because you just move yeah, up and yeah. down those aisles very smoothly. And I thought, what if you could have aisles? But this is very generous of me because the problem doesn't affect me. There's like some sort of bouncer and it's like only below a certain height you can go there. So yeah. it's basically the like reverse a, theme park. It's, yes. it's a reverse theme park. 
and short to the front. You don't get to hang out with any of your friends or loved ones. <laughs> you just, you, <laughs> well, you just have to make friends based on height. That's yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you, no, I love you have, it. You have the option. Yeah, it's just it's not it's just enforced. No, You're no, not no. thrown into the aisle. Yeah bundled oh I see it's not the, the whole gig by heart oh that would be a nightmare that would be no, really no, bad it's just, it's just an option yeah. yeah anyway scrap the option that, no it's a good idea I've taken it the wrong way no I mean to be honest I was, you I, thought I, it was a dystopian sort of Hunger Games yes, thing yes, where people yeah. were divided well, into their high class it's not good when people like if someone went on Dragon's Den and was like I think this might be a really good invitation how many what percentage or, how much money is that on Dragon's Den <laughs> I don't know that's just my reference point for having a good idea is take it to the dragons I don't know you know I think the pitch goes well initially they ask for a million pounds for a 10% stake and then initially they're quite convinced and then one of the wiser dragons points out that it's a sort of unpatentable idea and then they start sweating a lot and it falls apart one of the wiser dragons yeah yeah but I bewitch the slower (laughs) dragons for a bit anyway bad system bad idea Lou what was your first ever gig oh oh I think I had tickets to see Blind Melon do you remember Blind Melon though you're probably afraid not no go on I'll sing it um <laughs> just a girl's part yeah, <laughs> I don't feel the sun's coming out today any ideas no I'm afraid not very nice oh though. well anyway Shannon Hoon I was in love with him he was the lead singer he died of heroin of course and I had tickets to go and see him at 15 but couldn't get there because the trains had gone down or something from Broadstairs and then I told my mum I was going somewhere else. Anyway, I didn't get there. So I can't remember what the first one was, but I did go and see Blind Melon before he died. That's the good news. That's, that's the good news. That I is can't... the good news. I'm sorry that he didn't make it. No, I know. Not our, our teenage heroine here has made it, of course, apparently. <laughs> uh, well, one of the Red Hot Chili Peppers did. Oh, well, I thought you meant Alex <laughs> Keeley because you gestured at him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, I didn't know about his dark past. <laughs> <laughs> He's looking well for it. Yeah, I can't remember my first gig. Isn't that bad? Well, what is the first gig that you can remember? I don't have memory. <laughs> Problem. <laughs> Sorry, not the ideal candidate. That's why we record on the night with Lucy. Lucy was like, we'll have to record it straight after this because the following day is gone. Yeah, in a way. No, I think my childhood memory was wiped out from drama. <laughs> Uh, 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 gig picks we reach behind the trauma to try and pluck out a gig go on Liv you just rummage around exactly other podcasts use music as a way to get in people's emotions we're just powering past those emotions trying to get to just raw set lists I I honestly if you were going to give me a million pounds which I don't know why you would but I don't think I can remember my first gig I'd have to ask someone else (laughs) <laughs> me hosting Desert Island Disc the person like, and that song really reminds me about and I what's your next song no, no anecdotes <laughs> just a dispassionate list of tickets you have I did go to Reading Festival if that's any Fan- fantastic what year what year, what what year? roughly approx 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 who's the oh, prime minister oh. who's the prime minister when you're at Reading oh, oh hang on you guys heard of Maggie Thatcher um, <laughs> <laughs> hold on <laughs> no not Maggie Thatcher she was there at Reading she longed Stop being prime minister. John Major, you forget about John Major. (laughs) Was it him? Actually, to be honest, no. Look, I went to Glastonbury when I was fifteen, and we did. I'm going to sound a hundred years old now, but we bunked. It was back in the day where you could bunk the fence. We ended up going in the field of bulls. That was quite scary. And my old sorry, what's the field of bulls? So I was fifteen. You run with the bulls at Glastonbury in the (laughs) nineties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no. I was was twin with Pamplona. (laughs) I was fifteen, sixteen, maybe sixteen. My boyfriend was like older, twenty-one, twenty-two. He was with some older boys 
<laughs> like his age. And then we snuck into Glastonbury over a fence. Then we went into a field of bulls, but we didn't need to go through that field. We had to, we had paint on our faces. <laughs> we were cheating it like espionage. We were like, yeah, we go over here. Duh, duh, duh. And then it's just a crack in the fence. Like some other people have like torn the fence or whatever. Right, right. But you always sound so much more exciting. Yeah, I mean, it's really scary actually. And then we were like, oh, we didn't need to do any of that, but it was kind of fun, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and who headlined that year's Glastonbury? Though? I don't know. I spent the whole day in the speed. I, <laughs> I took all my speed at once, went mad, <laughs> went to the healing tent. And then Channel 4 that- documentary were filming me. And I thought, you can't, you can't put that out. And I haven't ran after them. <laughs> and I also had braids in my hair that looked like dreadlocks. And the whole thing was a nightmare. <laughs> so much to talk into. Absolutely incredible. Absolutely I went incredible. to the healing tent and I told a vicar because it wasn't even a healer; it was a bloody vicar. And I said, "I've taken so much speed. I think all my friends hate me, and someone's pissing up the side of the tent, and he's doing it to wind me up." And the vicar sort of like tried to chill me out for a bit. You were still wearing your uh, espionage face paint at this point. You're like, I've seen a bull. I've done all of my speed. I don't care who's outlining. My hair's in beads and it's problematic. And thank you for your time. Hang on. That Channel 4 were filming that. They were, Channel 4 were literally filming a chat with the vicar. <laughs> Channel 4 were filming my chat with the vicar. Well, that's vicar. where the people knew you from uh, after self-esteem. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't know first gig actually in the end. No, well, in many ways, uh, we didn't get the answer we came for, but we got four much better answers that we didn't. It was things like Chemical Brothers. Oh, yes. That'll do very nicely. But also, uh, uh, the main thing we got is Vicar. (laughs) Yeah. I just love that at the end you've gone like, look, Chemical Brothers were a band playing in that sort of period of human history. Yeah, yeah. Could be. No, exactly. No promises. It wasn't John Major. It couldn't have been. It's Blair. It's Blair. It's, it's Blair. Blair. It's, it's Chemical Blair. Brothers. It's, it's a, a bull. It's a Blair it's era Blair. anecdote. It's Blair. It's Chemical <laughs> Brothers. It's a bull. <sighs> so look, a gig that we know that we can remember. Yes. Is the most recent gig we all went to, if we don't include you singing Blind Melon. Yes. Out on my sofa, which was a great privilege. But the mutually devised, the co-created plan to watch self-esteem at the Hammersmith Apollo on what I think you referred to earlier, Alex, as this sort of lovely, never-ending victory lap. Not never-ending, sounds sort of interminable, but this ongoing victory lap. I think she had like this amazing sort of pandemic moment, which has roofed her career up and it continues Can I say something to be roofed? even more specific, just because I remember mm. so much that the, I, I do this all the time coming out, uh, what an instantly big thing it was. It was kind of just as lockdown three was ending. So it was almost like, not that the song is about going outdoors and having a great time, but it was a really big song. And then suddenly she was huge. And then there were festivals starting to come back. And it's like... So I do this all the time. So that was dropping in like April 2021. April 2021. Somehow I reckon that earlier in in my brain. Can I say why I think she's super successful? Obviously, she's very talented. But she's so down to earth and normal and we're so bored of songs about fake love or and she's putting like stuff that we know, like be in the moment. Don't like Stop sending those long paragraph yeah, texts. Yeah. The lyric couldn't really apply much more. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, but for me it's voice notes. So I'm thinking Sorry, self esteem. I've had to do quite a big long paragraph text to do for this gig to even occur yeah, in the so. first place for us. <laughs> 
But you should say, setting it to mute. Like when you say stuff that everyone knows, like profound lessons, but they're not profound because it's like be in the moment. We all know to do that. It's just harder to do. But when you set it to really good music, you feel like you're, oh, oh yeah. yeah, like that's true. I'm surprised there isn't more of it. Maybe maybe yeah. there will be a sort of brush. Well, I don't want to hear someone singing about what jewellery they've got. <laughs> like... <laughs> I love R&B, but, and hip hop, but I just don't want to hear someone singing about material possessions because I think it's what's wrong with the world and this status and hierarchy and like, oh, I'm better than you because look at my car, it's stupid. It's like, we're not four years old. Mm. So I think we're craving lyrics that are about something bigger. Yeah, the, these big messages that maybe at core we all know or should know, but put together with this amazing music, but also just the specificities. It's like in stand-up when, if you've got a show that's got a great, big clear message but also that you're just smashing these amazing yeah. tiny observation specificities and all of her lyrics just have these like nuggets of yeah. like just a really specifically articulated and then your friends coming in that. to do the backup so you're like oh no she really means it she's got four friends <laughs> well, I, I remember <laughs> when i was obsessively listening to that song in i would say april 2021 mm. and, and thereafter and reading lots of stuff about it and how she was suddenly there was all this like scrutiny on her how Everyone compared the song to Wear Sunscreen, the Baz Luhrmann one, to the point where she was like making sort of sarky quips on social media about like, yeah, yeah, tell me it's like the sunscreen again. <laughs> What's it called? Yeah. Everyone's free to wear sunscreen or everyone's... The Baz yeah, Luhrmann's yeah, 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 song. Do, yeah, yeah. Isn't it called the class of 99? He dressed it to the class of 99. He dressed it to the, the class yeah. of 21 were feasting on the rather less sort of sunscreen orientated, but still pretty sort of life lesson-y. It was so interesting seeing it live as well, because again, I've watched it performed live and it's clearly an epic focal point of the set, but we were quite near the back and lovely, a bit more of a vantage point, particularly in this cruel world without its specifically designated aisle for the short, mm. hear me out dragons. But uh, <laughs> I started playing Idealist all the time and I was like, I've been at this gig, which as we'll cover, has been sort of pretty euphoric and has had this huge audience response. And now she's playing her best known song. You'd probably call it her breakthrough song. And there's all this chat around us. Oh. And I realised, I mean, there was a few, you know, of course there's always going to be people chatting in concerts and sometimes I'm them. But I was like, oh no, it's people mumbling spoken word bits, oh. but not quite sort of shouting. Like there are a few bits right. when it's particularly like the absolute best night of your life would be the absolute worst oh night yeah, yeah, yeah 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 I've, I've mangled that lyric and i apologize but it was just people mumbling them. yeah well what about when she did the slow song the kind of one where everyone had to be quiet and it was beautiful and everyone was quiet apart from a couple of guys were talking quite loudly me and saying to alex i think we can record after this actually <laughs> <laughs> get home set up the mics no but then <laughs> But then someone shushed them like it was a comedy gig and I loved it. But then you could hear a pin drop. Then it was very silent. That is really great mm. that that happened tonight. I do have a thing in theatre separately. You know, when people are like rumpling crisp packets oh, in the theatre, which is yeah. bad. Yeah. But then you get some people who are like, shh. And it's so much. Or like if someone's phone goes off, I'm like, yeah. that's six out of ten annoying. Don't yeah. do that. Yeah. But then people going, oh. God, oh, oh right! Yeah. I thought I was in 19th century Russia, and that phone—you <laughs> fucked my brain. Like it's just like all these, like frankly, often older, yeah. posher audience members that have like an aneurysm when it happens, and are like, "Ha ha!" The one time I get to just—it's socially appropriate for me to call feckless young phone havers cunts. Yeah, yeah, but like, yeah. I go, Shh, yeah. and it just—it yeah. like, really—I'm like, I could believe 
that I'm in 19th century Russia with this phone going off more than you're like yeah, afterwards. Yeah, yeah. But in this case... Great rant. I loved getting that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very true point. Sometimes the reaction is more annoying than the thing, but not in this case, because I think it particularly chimes in into the, of course, it was two men being the ruckus yeah. in the self-esteem gig but at that moment. Could, they turned it down pretty quick. So good. that was good, yeah. So that was part one of Lou Sanders on self-esteem. Thanks for listening to that. It's wheat or chaff time. <laughs> Come on then, make your choice. Click on part two. Listen to part two now. We must have set up some sort of cliffhanger. <laughs> we don't even know where it ends. Technically, given the nature of these podcasts, you've probably only really listened to Lou talking to us about things that aren't self-esteem. So surely you want to listen to the self-esteem bit now. Come We've on. made a rod for our own backs. That was Gig Pigs. It was a Keep It Light Media production. And of course, <laughs> we're proud of it as an episode. It's not a prelude. It's its own thing. I'm not asking for your undivided attention. Just a fraction more than you.